It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. Welcome to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report. Here are Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda. Team find a way has always been the Tampa Bay Lightning, but in game number four, it was the Colorado Avalanche that was team find a way. An amazing game, an amazing finish, and a lot of Telly Savalas hockey, Drew Remenda. What do I mean <laughs> when I say that? Uh, the goals that were scored were Kojak goals. They were fascinatingly and lovingly ugly. <laughs> I'm going to steal that and use it as my own description, Danny. I'll tell you that right now. That's outstanding stuff. It, they were. That was that was a, a playoff game, right? That's when we talk about NHL playoffs. We talk about you got to get to the tough areas to score. You've got to win. You got to have ugly goals to win. You've got to do this. You got to do that. You're exactly right. It was, uh, it was, their goals weren't very pretty, but it was a hard fought playoff game. Let's get to the highlights. First of all, game number four, everything on the line. Wouldn't you know, back in Tampa, the Lightning get a bit of an advantage, but it came very early. Early wins the draw. We're underway. Eric Chernak pedals to the red line and launches this in. McCarr golfs it up the far boards, and it does get out to Miko Ranton in its center on the right wing. He'll bank it forward on the left side for Taves, taps it in, McDonough collects. Across for Chernak on the right wing. Zips it to center ice. Kalorn gets it on his stick. Hits Hagel across the Colorado line. Brandon Hagel right circle. Hagel pulls up. Right point Chernak. Center point McDonough. McDonough a little shot. Tipped in front. Save it. Rebound loose in front. Kemper oh, had Hagel. it. He didn't cover it. Held in Chernak. Right point shot. Save Kemper. Rebound. Score! Sorelli! Now Kemper's helmet came off, but they allowed the goal to stand. A lot of things happen in the first 36 seconds of the game. Wake up, everybody. It's one nothing lightning. <laughs> the Michigan making the call. If they allow the goal to stand because the rule is if the helmet, if the mask comes off, um, the play is to be stopped unless there's an immediate scoring chance after. And there was an immediate scoring chance after. But did you notice when you looked at Darcy Kemper on that play, he didn't hesitate one bit. His helmet, his mask comes off. He didn't hesitate for a second to try to re, to dive back and make that save. That's a hockey player. Yeah, that's that's something else. You don't see that anymore. And it was uh, it was just really respectful to see Darcy Kemper giving it all he had. And of course, don't forget that Pavel Francouz is six and zero in the playoffs, so he's going to be desperate every time he's out there. And it was kind of interesting. Jared Bednar was talking to him the day before, and he said he wanted not only. Darcy Kemper to know that the coaching staff and the players believed in him, but he wanted to find out if Kemper believed in himself. I thought that was a very interesting comment. It really was. You know how, do you know how Berdner lets the play, lets the goalies know that he's, that they're going to start the, the, the game. He texts them the night before. That's how he does it. The, the thing about Darcy, like Darcy's never been in this situation before. He's been a good goalie. I got to work with Darcy a, a couple of, a few summers ago, I should say, um, at a pro conditioning camp we did here in Saskatoon. Danny, I, 
you know, we've been around some terrific athletes and guys that dedicate themselves to their profession. Darcy Kemper is in that group. He, he works hard. He'd come up to you and say, Hey, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? Because he wanted that game like work, uh, puts in the effort, but he's never been that number one guy for a terrific team, a great team, a, a team that's here now within one win of winning the Stanley cup. So Jared Bender wondering if this guy believes himself after getting shell shocked in game three, absolutely a, a great question by Jared and a terrific response by Darcy. And Kemper had a big save after that goal by Sorelli was on Steven Stamkos. And now Palat will charge a bike for Tampa. Across the blue line, leaves it for Stamkos, has room to shoot, lets it go. Glove save made by Kemper. Bow to the Kemperer. That's outstanding stuff. Great goaltending save there by Kemper. An outstanding game overall for Darcy Kemper. And Jared Bednar, after the game, talked about the goaltending and said he was really thrilled the way that he played. I thought he did a great job for us tonight. I mean, that, that was a hard-fought hockey game. Um, lots of talk about Vasilevsky, rightly so. But Kemp's is equally as good tonight, in my opinion. And so there we were. It was time for the Avalanche to tie the game 1-1. And they've been doing it in special teams the entire series. Another power play goal. Nathan McKinnon got it in front. McKinnon for McCarr, holding McCarr with space, and it hit a body in front. 45 seconds to go in the power play. McKinnon breaks loose inside the circle. Near side, Rantanen out in front. It's in the score! Oh, captain, my captain! Landeskog standing on the doorstep. It rattled in. And this actually might be yep. Nathan McKinnon's goal. Yep. What do you know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages? This is a tie hockey game, and the power play comes through again for Colorado. How about that, the fact that the Colorado Avalanche have had such amazing special teams? Well, if, if the Colorado Avalanche win this series, and I still say if because Tampa's Tampa, it will be on special teams. Tampa's power play has been shut down by Colorado's. They haven't even drawn a lot of penalties, to tell you the truth, a lot of power play opportunities, and they have not been able to stop Colorado's power play. That was, as you said, an ugly goal. And the first goal McKinnon has scored in this finals, which is amazing that the team is up three to one with McKinnon. Not, you know, he's got assists, but he's not been able to score. Yeah, it's Rantanen's picking up all those assists too, but that's yeah. another good thing that the Lightning defense as a group has done a good job against some of these top players. By the way, Nathan McKinnon's goal was the first of his series, but it was his 12th goal of the playoffs. So he's one behind the NHL leader, Evander Kane, and he's got a couple of games to get beyond him. Is it the start of something bigger? Well, with, with Nathan McKinnon, you know, you always wonder with a player, if you're not, if, if you're a goal scoring player, let's say that, and you're not scoring, what are you doing? Well, there's no doubt when you watch Nathan McKinnon, how much of an impact he makes with his speed, zone entries. He gains the zone so easy it's on the special teams, on the power play, and on five on five. And he comes in, goes around the net oft, often. They run that high cycle, defenseman activates, and that sets up their cycle, that sets up their offensive zone time. They were about three and a half minutes more offensive zone time than Tampa was last night. A lot of it has to do with McKinnon and his ability to protect the puck, get the puck, and he's a danger every time he touches it. So even though he hasn't been putting the puck in the net, he's still been a factor.
Yeah, he creates a lot of space. Kale oh, McCarr, of course, doing the same thing. And of course, kudos to Kale McCarr for capturing the Norris Trophy as we expected. I yeah. voted for. I would have voted for Yossi, but you and I both very, very, very close voting. Yeah, you and I both. I would have voted for Yossi as well. But when you watch Kale McCarr in these playoffs, he is doing things that haven't been done well since Bobby Orplay. You know, he's he's been that good. Talk about a guy who gets gets out of trouble just through his skating. It, it's ridiculous. It's like Makar, I got this stat yesterday. Third defense in the NHL history to record a point on five consecutive team goals in the Stanley Cup final, joining Paul Coffey, six with the Oilers, Eddie Bush, uh, six in 1942, and now Kale Makar. I mean, come on, man. That's So Bobby Orr, Bobby Orr didn't even do it. Bobby Orr didn't even do it. Exactly. So pretty impressive. Yeah, that really is. And of course, the goaltending on each side, first period shots were 17-4 in favor of Tampa. You heard the Kemper save when it had to happen. And then, of course, this power play goal by McKinnon, Jared Bednar, on the special teams this series. Well, it's big. I mean, it's hard to create offense against all teams, especially Tampa, um, five on five. And, and, you know, even when you create chances and you got to be able to beat Vasilevsky and you got to be able to beat all their D blocking shots, it's not easy. You know, even when we're getting to some good scoring areas where first period is a prime example, it's tough to get pucks through and get them to the net. You got to just stick with it. Um, so special teams are, are really important. Our teams stay disciplined. They're a disciplined team, so you're not going to get a lot of looks, but winning that two-minute game is is crucial. And so they did. That was a pretty critical goal that McKinnon scored. But of course, the lightning or the lightning, and they would come back and they would take a two to one lead. Took a weird carom off the boards and got past Headman out to center ice. Headman a regroup, 922 left in the period. 1 1 the score. Headman across the blue line, squeezes free right circle. Back at touch, score! The Headman! What a rush! 2 1 lightning with 918 left in the second. A backhander! Where have we seen that happen before? Of course, we go back to uh, earlier in the season when the Sharks lost in Tampa in overtime. That was an amazing game on February 1st. Victor Hedman had the game-winning goal in that particular contest, and that one uh, happened uh, very, very late. So uh, this game, though, did it with a backhand shot, and I still can't remember. I think it was a forehand shot that he took against the Sharks in the overtime. They were claiming this was his first backhand goal of the season. Well, it's, we've we've talked a lot about Victor Hedman because it looks like he's been injured. He's not been the same dominant D-man, but last night he was the same dominant Norris Trophy D-man. He was fantastic last night. And that move, that little backhand, think about it. There was no setup. There was no stop and get it in your wheelhouse. It was get through the D with a terrific move. And then that sneaky little backhand to the, to the far side, Caught Kemper by surprise because he got it off his stick in such a hurry. Well, we said that Kemper was big in the first period. Vasilevsky had to be huge in the second because Colorado outshot the Lightning 17-9. And one of the saves he made was on a pretty good hockey player. Shoot, save Vasilevsky. McKinnon has it again, right corner. 10 on the power play. McKinnon, center point. Right to go to Rantanen. Center point, McKinnon. Shoots, save Vasilevsky, and he holds on. What pressure. Lots of pressure, both sides of the rink. Vasilevsky again, coming up huge when he had to. And the second period ended and the score was two to one in favor of the lightning. But then once again, Colorado's role players came through. And you, you know, if you're a Sharks fan, you got to be really happy to see 
uh, Andrew Cogliano playing so well, even after he was injured, had some surgery, and he was in the right place at the right time in this one to tie it up. Dave's with the rebound, bottom of the circle, now to the point, Byram, over for Helm, holding, tipped in front, Shemid Vasilevsky, rebound, score! It's a Sturm warning here in Tampa, Nico Sturm! Not even three minutes into the third period, and ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, this is a tie hockey game. It's either Sturm or Cogliano. No, I think it's a Sturm. I think no. Cogliano was tied up in front of the net with Rutu. He, he was the first one down yeah. the line. <laughs> oh, Cogliano? Cogliano was. But it ricocheted in and finally the avalanche have a five on five goal yep. that's the first time in seven home games that the tampa bay lightning have allowed a five on five talent that last call from Connor mcgahee an incredible stat the fact that the lightning weren't allowing five on five goals at all at home as it turned out the puck did go off of andrew cogliano and that's the old story drew coaches tell players all the time drive to the net and things will happen Get there. And Andrew Cogliano last night, especially if you, if you watch just number 11 closely, he was in on four checks, moving his feet, had a good shot in the, later on in the third, had his feet moving the whole time. That speed that Andrew has is the reason that he's still around in this league. And he was a very important player of those role guys that you talked about. That goal was, you ain't got no alibi ugly, but it, is, it was still... Yeah, very big goal. Interesting too. Tampa has not scored a third period goal in the first four games of this of this finals. That's pretty incredible. And of course, yeah. that that was set up for them to do that in this particular game. But as it turned out, uh, they wouldn't get one in this one either. No, and they needed uh, they, they. But again, I thought it's Darcy Kemper, as you talked about, Danny, in that first period, kept the avalanche in a position to be in the game because they were badly outplayed and outchanced and outshot in the first period. Yeah. And he then, made some, made some good saves in the third too, although none yeah, of them yeah. of a spectacular variety. He was just there. He was, as I said, good enough. Exactly. And then they woke up in the second and the third in the overtime, I thought they were the dominant team. Tampa started getting tired. Remember we mentioned yep. a couple of other guys uh, coming out with injuries. Chernock uh, blocking that shot by McKinnon. That was a big, big loss because he's such a strong defensive defenseman. That means they started to wear on some of their, their top minute guys uh, on the back line. And the other thing that happened too on the other side of the ice is Colorado just uh, showed their depth. And in overtime, they outshot the Lightning 10-3. to 3, And it was only a matter of time before it was going to go in. But the reason why it took that many was because Vasilevsky was so great. Here's the one, I think, maybe the the save of the game. Logan O'Connor coming in in overtime oh, yeah. and a breakaway. Now Stamkos across for Kucherov. He backs into the zone. Kucherov holds. His pass is broken up. Avalanche trying to find it in a crowd. They do. Newhook breaks free ahead for Logan O'Connor. O'Connor, here he comes. OCN shot save made by Vasilevsky. Oh. Rebound is free and he covers up. Well, that was the way that Colorado looked at it. Now let's go to the Tampa Bay Lightning side of things. No, looking for Stamkos, a no. little pass. Stamkos was tied up. Stamkos looking to dislodge it. The Lightning are trying to get a change. In the meantime, up ice Logan O'Connor. Step across the blind. Cutting in front. Save Vasilevsky on an O'Connor breakaway. The Lightning had a miscue in the offensive zone. And O'Connor got behind the two defensemen. It wasn't totally in the clear, but he was clear enough. Vasilevsky saved the day. 
boy, did he ever. And a couple different views of it. I always love to have that comparison <laughs> because, the, you know, the, the emotions and the intensity yeah. are so different depending on what team you're calling for. And you heard Phil Esposito there. Oh, yeah. No, oh. Cooch, no. <laughs> and that's what happens with uh, Nikita Kucherov, such a great player, thinks in a different plane, different level, looks for a different play than most of us. But that was a play where entering the zone, the simple play was to kick it to the, to the outside, drive through and through the middle. And um, he tried to, I don't even think he, I think at the, when he got into the zone, he even changed his mind a couple of times about what he wanted to do. That caused the turnover that you, you have to take the good with the bad because usually the good outweighs the bad by multiple times. Overtime continued and Devon Taves had a chance to win it. Ranton on the draw, Lekkinen to his right, McKinnon to his left. Taves and Byram, the defenseman. And it's one back for Taves, lets it go off the post. Oh, oh man, it was that close. There were a lot of them that were that close. Devon Taves could have won it. And did you notice Rantanen taking the draw there? Landeskog taking a lot of draws there. Gabriel Landeskog, by the way, is the Winston Wolf of hockey. He's, he's the guy who fixes problems. You know, Nazim Kadri <laughs> coming back in. And we'll get to Nazim in a minute. But Kadri couldn't take it face-offs because of what happened to his hand. And so what does Bednar do? He throws Landeskog in on that line and he fixes everything. That is a brilliant reference Danny boy, way to go, Mr. Wolf. Well done. Nine I'll minutes and 58, <laughs> nine minutes and 58 seconds later, he can get there, even though it takes 30 minutes to get there. Exactly. Pulp Fiction, everyone, you got to watch it if you don't know who Winston Wolf is. The, uh, the thing, too, was last night, I thought as the game went on, especially in third, third and overtime, Colorado was doing such an outstanding job on the, on the faceoffs. They were winning key draws all the time. And that shot by Taves, about 95 miles an hour, they, they clocked it. By the way, Gabriel Landeskog won 17 face-offs in the game. So it's just supposed to show you how much he fixed things because yeah. he usually doesn't take that many at all. No, but that's, that's the luxury, I guess, for lack of a better word, that Colorado has. And so Nazim Kadri was all set up to go. And I've got three different calls of this okay. game winner in overtime. So we're going to listen to all of them. Tampa Bay so tired, now they're scrambling to try and make a change. Trying to change, they stretch it ahead to Kadri, who comes in, and oh, what a save by Vasilevsky. He took a peek over his shoulder. I think it's in the net. Yeah, they're ruling this is a goal. I think it's in the net. Yeah, Vasilevsky took a peek, and maybe that's why. I thought Kadri might have snuck it through him, but it was underneath him, and they cascade over the boards off the Colorado bench and celebrate an apparent game-winning goal at 12.02 of overtime. I'm not sure if there's going to be an icing, though. No. It isn't. The Lightning exhausted. Get off the ice. A quick up. Kemper gives it to Lekkinen. Across the blue line. Here's Kadri cutting in front. Shoots. Save Vasilevsky. What a save. Under his arm. What a save that was. Now the Avalanche are saying it's in. Is the puck in the net? It is. Icing is waved off as Darcy Kemper starts the charge the other way. Lekkinen just off the bench. Quickly ahead. Now some Kadri inside the circle. Kadri! Where's the puck? How did that not go in? It did. It did go in. It did? It did. We it did. It. He scores! Nazem Kadri! Yeah. The Kadri man can! I didn't see it, but they did! I don't believe it! Kadri into the lineup. He gets the overtime winner! And you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here because this party is over! Kadri with a move towards the net. Nobody in the world, including yours truly, knew that it went in. 
underneath the arm of Vasilevsky. Oh, yeah. It sticks in the top it, of the net. That's what It happened. sticks in the top of the net. It's top shelf. The Avalanche will go back to the Mile High City with a chance to win their third Stanley Cup. Drew, we've been through this before. I really feel for all three of those guys because let's let's face it, the National Hockey League does not necessarily put the broadcast positions in a good no. spot. <laughs> and we're calling it in Tampa from a reasonable distance, not as far yeah. as Edmonton, not as far as New Jersey, but still. Yeah. And and that one was a tough one to see. And even the guys on the ice weren't totally sure after the game was over. But what an amazing finish. And Nazim Kadri, of all people, coming off surgery, not even sure if he was going to play, practiced with the second power play unit in the morning. He actually ends up getting in. And he was trying to go blocker side, like everybody's been saying on Vasilyevsky. But Vasilyevsky, just before that, made four or five just incredible stops to keep the lightning in it. And it certainly wasn't his fault it didn't went in. No, not at all. It, it was one of those games, though, where you thought in overtime where the one team was dominating, which was Colorado, that at any time, usually how overtime goes in the playoffs, the uh, the team that's getting in their own zone, having the chances go against and against them, would come back and get a fluky one and win the game. That's what I kind of thought was going to happen. Um, Kadri's goal, not without controversy, and we'll get to that, but it reminded me of a goal, Danny. It was, it was back in, in 93, 94 in San Jose. I think it was Igor Larionov. I want to say we were playing Winnipeg. I can't remember exactly who we were playing. It was definitely uh, a Canadian team. I yeah, know that. Yeah. I'm upstairs. Um, I'm on the walkie-talkie to Wayne Thomas downstairs. And the, the puck goes in exactly and lodges in the same spot that you saw last night. Up behind the back bar. And nobody knew where it was. Ref, ref at that time, ref, was looking for it. Right. One, one referee, remember. Right. And so they're all looking for it. I, from my vantage point where I was in the, in, in the rink up top, I could see it. And everybody's going, where is it? Where is it? And I'm yelling at Wayne Thomas on the walkie talkie. Wayne, it's in the net. It's in the net. And he goes, no, 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 it's not. I said, yes, it is. I can see it. It's in the net. It's behind the bar, the back bar. Tell him to look behind the back bar. And sure enough, it was, uh, it was a goal. But it reminded me of that because you don't see them stick up there very often. You see it hit the back bar, maybe bounce out. But what a shot by Kadri. What a great move into uh, on the attack. And it's it's his bottom hand, I do believe, where he has the broken thumb. So that's a pretty nice little play because you got to use your bottom hand to get that puck up, up and over Vasilevsky. After the game, there was a little bit of controversy about the actual play. And first, I want to go to the Lightning locker room and listen to Mikhail Sergachev, the defenseman, who basically was bested because he was dead tired on yeah. a play by Nazim Kadri. Well, it was a extended shift in our zone. I couldn't get up, and the uh, guy just flew in with a lot of speed and uh, put it under my stick and uh, just put it in the chicken wing of Vassy. So it's it's a hard one to take. It's, uh, you know, I couldn't, couldn't get up there, couldn't really do anything, so it's... But then it came down to John Cooper, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, started to talk about what he felt was a too many men on the ice situation for Colorado with Kadri getting out there. And yet he held back a little bit when he spoke to the media. I love this league. It's the greatest league in the world. The people that run it are amazing. Everything about it. It's it's like a dream come true for me, especially being a Canadian kid growing up and everything that's gone on and. A lot of times when you're uh, been part of some heartbreaking losses and, and defeats to, to teams that 
that took us out and been with a group that just fights and fights and fights and they fought their way to to a third Stanley Cup final in a row. And in a cap era, when it's so damn hard and the r rules are put against you, because you know, the, the league wants parity. And I love that about the league. And that's what makes it tougher. It's to just watch this team, what they've gone through and the battling that's gone on. And, and we're all in this together. Players, coaches, refs, everybody. But it just, it just this one's, this one's going to sting much more than others just because I think it was taken on it was potential. I don't know. I, it's hard for me. This is going to be hard for me to speak. I'm going to have to speak. I'll speak with you tomorrow. You're going to see what I mean when you see the winning goal. And I, my heart breaks for the players because we probably still should be playing. I'll be available tomorrow. And that was it for John Cooper. He was talking about what he felt was too many men on the ice. There was one observer who thought there were too many men on the ice for both teams. There was on the change, but Tampa's guys were within that five-foot area. Nathan McKinnon comes off, and he's at least five or I'm sorry, he's at least 10 feet, 15 feet from the, from the box. And the reason it's too many men is because Cadre comes on for the McKinnon change. Cadre doesn't get the puck if he waits for McKinnon to get to the box. It, check, it, is, a, it is a too many men call. It was a call that was completely missed by the referees. I thought the referees in this game, Macaulay and Sutherland, who are two of the best in the National Hockey League, I thought in the third period, they just stopped refereeing. The interference on Hedman, the trip on Kadri in front. Here's what bothers me about referees, and this is from Ron Wilson, and, and the great Ron Wilson when he was coaching the Sharks, when somebody asked him about, well, you want to let the players decide. You want to influence, referees don't want to influence the game. And Ron said, well, they're still influencing the game if they put their whistles away. And by the way, they're not influencing the game. They're calling the game. And if the guy takes a stick and trips somebody or slashes somebody, he's influencing the game by taking a penalty and taking that risk. If it's a penalty in the first period, it should be a penalty in the third period, it should be a penalty in overtime. But that was a too many men penalty, but calls go against you, calls go for you in the playoffs. Sergachev put it best. They were out there a long time. And the play by Darcy Kemper to get out, recognize that part, that spot, throw the puck up so the lightning couldn't change and that Tampa did, or that Colorado didn't come back and reset was a big key to that goal. It sure was. And he picked up an assist on it. And after the game, he talked about it. We'd been in their zone for, uh, for quite some time and everyone looked exhausted on their end of it. So, um, I just tried to get it up as quick as I could. Hopefully we could get something off the rush and uh, Lucky got the, the puck to Nas and then obviously he made the great play to, to end the game there. So Nazim Kadri, the playoff hero for the Colorado Avalanche and they're only one win away from winning the Stanley Cup. First time since uh, the early 2000s. So it's been a while. Joe Sackick up in the uh, booth looking pretty happy with the win. But as everybody knows, the fourth win's the hardest, Drew. Yeah, it, it, it certainly is. The fourth game is a tough one. I, I don't know about the finals because I've never been there, but I've been there in, in the rounds that we, we played Detroit and we played Calgary. Those wins are difficult to come by because nobody wants to go out and, and make that mistake, obviously, right? But you, you also want to get your guys to be loose and play. And the pace at which this game is being played is so incredibly, incredibly fast that – the start of the game, as you mentioned earlier, will be ultra important if Tampa can change the way they've started the first two games in this series and 
keep the crowd out of it who are going to be jacked up for that Stanley Cup win. I want to see a three-peat. I really do because of Rob Zettler, because Tampa, I love greatness. I love to watch witness greatness. But at the same time, right now, you're looking at, at Colorado and going, they have been the better team, without a doubt. They have been, and they're showing it. I think it's the overall dynamism of the way that they're constructed and the way that they play together. They're getting good enough goaltending, but it's going to come down to this in game number five. In Denver, you got the altitude to deal with. Uh, you're probably going to have slushy ice to a certain degree. We're, we're you know, in the later stages of June now. But looking at the number of games and the where, Tampa Bay over the last three years has now played 66 playoff games. Wow. That's a lot of games. And they've That's won 40, they've 45 wins. <laughs> and but you know who's second in games played in the last three years? Colorado. They've played 40. They played 40. Really? They've played 40. And they're 28 and 12 in those games. The difference is they've lost two series, but it's coming down to this. Let's go back. You said you haven't been to the Stanley Cup final. I have as a broadcaster when the yep. Sharks played the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were down three games to one. Go back to Pittsburgh for game five. So it's a very similar situation to what the Lightning are facing right now. And in that particular game in Pittsburgh, Martin Jones made 44 saves. I remember. In the game, he was dominant. It was his greatest game as a San Jose Shark, perhaps. But the, the other thing was what you said earlier too, Drew, the start. Sharks were up two to nothing. Burns and Couture in the first three minutes of the game scored to make it two nothing San Jose. Pittsburgh fought back to tie it. But then... Uh, Melker Carlson and Joe Pavelski added the goals. Pavs getting an empty netter near the end of the game. And the Sharks forced game six back in San Jose. And that's ultimately where the Stanley Cup run ended for the Sharks. And Sidney Crosby carried the cup in Northern California around the SAP Center ice. However, um, I, I have a funny feeling we're going to get that kind of an effort from the Tampa Bay Lightning here. And then all bets are off at that point. Andre, you're right. Andre Vasilevsky has not played well in Denver these first two games. He has been brilliant these last two games. I think he'll carry it over. I agree with you. But he's going to need to be near perfect to, uh, to make sure the streak of three Stanley Cups they're hoping for continues. That's the way it's going to have to be because of all the bumps and the bruises and maybe even more than that on the lightning roster. It's going to be the goaltending that gets it done. It's going to be really fascinating. Uh, Drew and I will be back very, very soon in a couple of days with the next edition of the Stanley Cup Playoff Report. So long, everybody. You've been listening to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report. This has been a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.